I'm Michael Dunn, and you're listening to Oregon Rainmakers on KLCC. It's never easy replacing someone who leaves a legacy, but that's exactly what my guest on this edition of the show is doing. Bethany Cartledge is taking over for longtime executive director Terry McDonald and will now lead St. Vincent de Paul Society of Lane County. Bethany Cartledge, the executive director for the St. Vincent de Paul Society of Lane County. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. Well, and and congratulations are in order. This is your second month now at the helm of St. Vincent de Paul. Why don't you talk about, uh, well, let's talk about how you began working for St. Vincent de Paul because (laughs) it was a long time ago and and you were just in high school, right? Yes. Yeah. So I I started off actually when I was uh, 16 watching kiddos at First Place Family Center while their parents were in the Second Chance Runners Real rehabilitation course and uh, prior to that both my parents had worked at St. Vincent Paul so I wow. kind of came in with them and helped volunteer my dad was the assistant director at first place my mom was the night shelter coordinator so was super familiar with the organization and super comfortable being in a variety of settings there yeah well it's interesting you talk about you sort of you know kind of your experience with your family and, and certainly St. Vincent de Paul is, is kind of that way on so many levels because obviously you're replacing someone who's kind of a very well known in this town uh, you know Mr. McDonald who Terry McDonald who who has been the you know the, the executive director for a very long time and he, as I understand it, he took over from his dad right yeah so he took over in 1984 the only other executive director director of St. Vinny's prior to that was his father and uh, he's still on as an emeritus director so okay. it's definitely a uh, lifelong passion project for him so if he's at his 53rd year with the agency wow wow well it sounds like kind of a lifelong passion of yours too I mean you obviously started when you were very young you've had a lot of uh, you know kind of experience through your own family in in sort of uh, social services and, and giving back maybe talk a little bit about sort of your career trajectory and what you, what got you from there as a 16 year old <laughs> to to today and taking over for you know in the leadership position for the entire organization yeah, so when I was uh, uh, working in the, the book department, I was able to change the way that we operated the, the retail book setting. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time I graduated high school, I was uh, managing the, the book departments across 12 locations. And every time in my journey at St. Vincent Paul, where I felt like, okay, this isn't challenging anymore, I'm, I'm bored, I'm ready for a new adventure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Terry had some kind of a sense of that <laughs> and would give me a new challenge. And um, one of my favorite positions within the agency had been working for Susan Palmer, who was uh, the Cascade Alliance director, mm-hmm. working with uh, 18 different nonprofits nationwide, mentoring them, teaching them how to do a space business. So from the, the book department, I had switched over to that department and I ended up uh, becoming the Cascade Alliance director before um, before moving on to managing the development department and sure. the mattress recycling facilities. So uh, I think that it's been a kind of a process of uh, experiencing different things and being given different challenges. So I, I've I've yet to come to that place of, okay, I'm, I'm bored and ready for something new because there's always something new at St. Vincent. Sure, Vinny's. sure. Talk a little bit about the Cascade Alliance and, and what it does for people who may not know. Yeah, the case, the Cascade Alliance is the mentoring arm of St. Vincent Paul. Okay. So Terry has long had a desire to help other nonprofits succeed and, and replicate what Vinny's does. And it does that on a national level. So St. Vincent Paul opened the first commercially viable mattress recycling facility in 2000. Mm. And we've helped other nonprofits profits open mattress recycling facilities so with cascade alliance we work with 
all kinds of different nonprofits and we give them free consulting. And so we help them with e-commerce, retail thrift, mattress recycling. My one group that immediately comes to mind that I worked with for a long time, we help them double their revenue in the first year. Wow. And the reason that we believe that's important is I consider Vinny's to be an anchor organization in the community. We are a community-driven organization. We want to respond to community need. And our desire is not just to help organizations earn money, but to do that because they can better support their their local community. Um, so that the group that I'm thinking of that doubled the revenue, they started exploring affordable housing, they added social services. So it's extremely gratifying work and still happening. It's interesting as I'm listening to you talk, you know, one of the great things about nonprofits in general and and specifically here in Lane County is not just obviously the impact that they have which is which is major obviously and 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 all of the good that it does there's a real sense of collaboration what you just described I mean and, and again not not to disparage sort of the private industry but that kind of collaboration that's very I would say you know exclusive to sort of that uh, that nonprofit ethos would you agree with that yeah I, I really uh absolutely believe it and I see it here and in other places I think that many nonprofits recognize that the work that we see that needs to be done is not going to happen with just one group and that when we all come together and support one another we we move the ball collectively further and Vinny's has long held the belief of not trying to duplicate services but instead uh, fill in a niche that no one else is filling so uh, for example we don't do dental work or mental health counseling substance use disorder treatment so we try to partner with groups that do and provide a kind of a one-stop shop for, for people who are vulnerable or experiencing homelessness. Yeah. And, you know, that sort of duplication under the best of circumstances, under the best intents, it can happen, can't it, obviously? Because, mm-hmm. you know, and it's been described to me that, that sometimes, you know, Lane County is almost, I wouldn't want to say a victim of our own success, but obviously our heart's in the right place. We're a very giving community. But boy, that spawns a lot of nonprofits. And sometimes you're, you're, you're sort of running into each other and especially you might be chasing the same fundraising dollars that you need yeah that's that's true too that uh, there's a lot of people who are really interested in rolling up their sleeves and, and helping, but some I hear a lot of people who will reach out to us and they say, we want to start our own nonprofit mm. and we want to do this. And, I, and so if I know of a nonprofit that's actively engaged in that, I try to steer them to that direction. Um, so for example, Community Supported Shelters is another group that I have a lot of respect for, and they provide a support to people exiting homelessness in a different way that we do. It's more of an independent living situation. And so if a, we've had community members reach out and say they want to do something similar, and I say, hey, can you consider volunteering with community-supported shelters? Yeah. So I think that that's, that's true, too, trying to really maximize the, the local resources yeah. is important. Yeah. You know, earlier you, you brought up the word mentorship, and I, I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, obviously with somebody who's, who, who I, I, you know, Terry obviously knew everything about St. Vincent to Paul's. Could you describe sort of your relationship and, and what was that kind of mentor, I imagine a mentorship relationship that, that has really helped you to elevate you to where you are today? Yeah, I uh, really, really deeply uh, appreciate Terry mm-hmm. and uh, he's someone who I have on speed dial. I have his phone <laughs> number memorized and I think that the two of us worked really well together, especially over the last decade because we're so different. Hmm. And he has long created a 
a group of people around him who think differently. And it's something that I've uh, worked to do over the last few years as well. We don't want to have an echo chamber at, within our executive team. We want to have what I call the Swiss, the Swiss cheese crew. So uh, he's someone that I would give pushback for different things and he takes it really well. So we've been able to kind of compliment one another and that's mm-hmm. kind of the charge that he's given me is, okay, find someone who's completely different from you now hmm. to, to bring up and work with you. It's interesting, listening to you, I'm thinking, that's fairly rare in in organizations. And, and, I don't, I don't say this in terms of, oh, organizations, they only want to staff it with people who think exactly alike. But obviously, it's human nature oftentimes that you want to hire people that, you know, obviously you see eye to eye with. But it sounds like, you know, and certainly from Terry, and you're carrying that on as well, is like, actually, if you have divergent opinions, oftentimes you can, you can have the best result. Is that, is that kind of your thinking? Yeah, I think that it's really helped us to look at things differently. We have people from uh, different religious upbringings, socioeconomic backgrounds, um, and it, it really helps create a, a fuller picture and and the reality is none of us have it all together we don't mm-hmm. know everything and so when we if you box yourself in and you lower your ceiling you're not going to go as far and so we we really try to throw something out to the directors and ask what are we missing here yeah yeah um we're going to take a break in about a minute but i i wanted to ask sort of you know this idea of um it's often talked about like servant leadership i mean being a leader so that you're serving the people you know talk about when you when you entered into when you 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 had the 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 executive director's office what was maybe the first thought in or maybe not even that not the first thought in your head but maybe your first you know few weeks few months that this was going to be the number one thing i wanted to do what was that Ooh, that's a good question. So there's a few uh, priorities that I have for the organization, mm-hmm. and one of them is the organizational capacity, the financial health and um, viability, and strengthening and expanding external relationships. But as far as kind of the thing that was at the forefront of my mind, um, it's really been uh, taking care of the employees and team building. So uh, we have had a, a We've been really fortunate as an organization that we have people who stay for a really long time. Mm. But then we haven't been immune to some of the employee shifts um, that many organizations face over the last few years. And so have a lot of, of new people, and I really want to bring them up well and, and um, teach them who we are and what we do and why. Uh, so that's been at the forefront of how do I um, really preserve the important culture that we have and um, enhance it and enhance some of the programs that we have as we have some some new directors right now. Sure, sure. We're going to take a wait. Uh, we're going to take a break. We're talking with Bethany Cart- Cartledge. She is the new executive director for St. Vincent de Paul Society of Lane County. We'll be right back. I'm Barbara Dellenbach, host of KLCC's Oregon Grapevine. Stephanie Chase is the executive director of the Libraries of Eastern Oregon. Leo helps public libraries in 16 counties work together to enhance public access. One of the greatest things that public libraries have always provided is just that gathering space. Anybody is welcome in the door. That's the free public library spot. It's not a subscription library. You don't have to pay. It's not limited. Anyone can come in the door. A discussion of resource sharing on the Oregon Grapevine at klcc.org. 
And we're back. You're listening to Oregon Rainmakers on KLCC. I'm your host, Michael Dunn, and we're talking with Bethany Cartledge. She is the St. Vincent de Paul Society of Lane County's executive director. Um, you know, obviously, you're taking over for someone who's been there for a long period of time, and you know, you're you're quite a bit younger than he was. And and I, I guess you know, you didn't need to necessarily reinvent the wheel, but obviously, in any organization, having having uh, you know. Uh, a fresh set of eyes or a fresh set of ideas, just a, just a new way of looking at, you know, kind of the way things are. Talk a little bit about sort of your process with that. Yeah, I think that uh, I've been really fortunate because Terry and I started this transition two years ago. So externally, it looks like December 1st, right? But mm -hmm. for us, we really shifted a lot of the day-to-day -day responsibilities in uh, January last year. Uh, so what I've been focusing on or changing over that period of time is really trying to build out um, policies, processes, and procedures because okay. we are uh, we grew really fast and we have so many things that were um, verbal or uh, one person kept that experience. So I've been really working hard to try to create uh, pathways and map things out so that incoming staff members can be successful. Yeah, yeah. Transition planning is so important. And obviously a lot of organizations, because you know life gets in the way and it gets so busy that they don't spend enough time doing that. But obviously, and I imagine your experience is that way, that's pretty critical, isn't it? It is incredibly important and it's, it is time consuming, but I think that when you uh, intentionally build it into the, the schedule, it, it makes it more realistic. I think that if you have a list of things that you wanna do and it keeps getting pushed off, that doesn't work, but when you kind of actually plan it out and build it into your your timeline, then it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, piece by piece. Yeah, trying to not do everything at one time, but really seeing what's the number one priority and starting there. At work on a typical Monday or Tuesday or something like that, if you have a moment just to kind of think about all that's happened, you know, in the last couple of years, even during your transition plan with Terry, but then of course, the last couple of years was obviously just coming out of, of COVID. Maybe talk about sort of, you know, level set for us where St. Vinny's is right now today, you know, kind of what's, what's the strength of the organization, the health of the organization, but also just kind of, you know, the ways in which you're, as you said, you know, building that capacity for today and into the future. The thing that immediately comes to mind is the staff. We have the best staff. We have people who come to us because they really, truly care about the mission and the vision and what we're doing. And uh, that has always been, in my opinion, our greatest strength. So the people that we have stewarding our programs who have a fresh perspective, fresh ideas um, is, our, is our greatest strength. Um, I'm thinking in particular about our uh, property management department. So we've had a new director there over the last two years. We're currently looking for another one um, because he uh, recently moved on to something different and still mm -hmm. keeps checking in he's asking <laughs> how's the team doing and uh, he's actually started this Eugene Marathon team on behalf of Vinny's but wow. I think that the greatest strength is is for sure that the staff okay okay and then just just I always feel like your brand is outstanding in this community but obviously not everybody understands all that you do give us sort of the <laughs> 30,000 foot view of what St. Vinny's is to kind of level set for the audience you know what 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 this crazy organization is all about <laughs> so the going that high i'll just go, go through our kind of three core areas it's affordable housing retail and manufacturing and homeless and emergency services 
But each one of those truly could be their own separate organization because they're that large. There's so many programs nested within there. So the retail manufacturing, that includes the mattress seat construction facilities. We, we operate, we're in a, five counties in Oregon, three cities in California. We have eight self-sufficiency programs, veteran programs. So it's it's that's the largest view those yeah. three areas yeah but you could really dive deep into each one it's in- incredible and i think that that may be what you just highlighted there is is probably one of the sort of the unknowns about the organization you are a very large organization you would be you know if you were kind of ranking largest employers in in lane county and eugene you'd be near the top wouldn't you well we have 650 employees but you know the largest organization that uh, can be a, a blessing and a hindrance <laughs> because at times sometimes people think that we're, we're so big we just don't need anything or we have it all together sure. and the, the reality is we really depend on the community partners and that can look like volunteering, that can look like the in-kind support, um, fundraising, uh, everything we do is possible because of the community members. Yeah, yeah. I always think it's interesting. I even I even talked to Terry about this a few years ago. But and you and I are of different generations. But I think it's fascinating that this. And you talked about the retail organization mm-hmm. that you have. And I think what's what's really neat about this community is you know the a younger generation looks at going to St. Vinny's as not oh boy you know the shame of of shopping at a thrift organization. It's like wow I'm going thrifting. That's really exciting. And and that's great in in certain levels. But I imagine it must be very exciting to. To know that your organization is is sort of you know beloved in a lot of different ways for the services but also just for the fact that yeah this is this is a cool aspect of our lives yeah I think that uh, the thrifting is definitely considered cool especially amongst the, the college kids and mm-hmm. I think that many of them don't even realize that 50% of our income is earned and that when they shop at the stores it helps our, our program so it's a direct tie to kind of being that uh, community support it's it's really Really cool. Yeah. Oh, and we have the best books. I mean, hands down, <laughs> alphabetized by by genre best books. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you obviously are plugged into probably, if if not the, at least one of the top challenges in our community and and, and, and people who are unhoused and, and and people who live, you know, without a stable uh, housing situation. You know. I imagine there are times when it almost feels unsolvable, but at the same time, you and other organizations, and we talked about this idea of collaboration earlier, you know, that's what it takes, doesn't it? Is, is you know, the, the stupid phrase, but certainly used a lot. It takes a village, but obviously, yeah. I mean, it is one of the biggest challenges in our lifetime and it's also the thing we probably need to expend the most calories and resources because it's so insidious. Well, it's it's also one of those things where it's directly connected to the lack of affordable housing. And that's why uh, Vinny's partnered, uh, well, the, our sister organization, Hope Community Corporation, which Terry is actually uh, stewarding, mm-hmm. is in production right now to create manufactured homes. So we'll be able to uh, ultimately create four homes a day. Mm, wow, that's pretty exciting. And it'll make home ownership a reality for people who are on the margins. It's $70,000 for a 720 square foot uh, unit. Wow, that is exciting. And and that's the thing. I mean, you know, ultimately, 
a lot, not all of it, mm -hmm. but a lot of the solution does come down to a certain amount of quantity, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. And we, we've always taken that dual approach of, on one hand, you need to meet the immediate needs. You have an individual who's unhoused and they need to be fed, clothed, food, have shelter. But then on the other hand, how do we get out of this situation where we have so many individuals who are, are seeking shelter? And the reality is we have to build our way out. We yeah. need more units of affordable housing and it's not something that we alone can do. We need uh, mo many partners to, to assist with providing more affordable housing. Yeah. Um, as we get closer, close to the end of this interview, I want to ask you, you know, in terms of what you'd like to see in say, you know, the completion of your first year at the helm, what are, what are perhaps the biggest goals that you have that you think, boy, if I hit those, I'm really going to be excited. And that's going to be, that's going to be great for the organization and, and the staff and, and all the people we serve. Yeah, I think one of them would be uh, enhancing and expanding our services that through the Homeless Emergency Service Department. We have a, a fairly new director there that's doing an incredible job. And one of my goals is to partner with more community organizations to provide uh, support both to seniors and individuals who are disabled since we're seeing a, a huge leap in people who are uh, very... Uh, who are older seeking services. I think hmm. one of our oldest people at 410 Safe Sleep Site was 81 years old. Wow. And we've, we've long acted as the extended family support system to people who are otherwise isolated and alone. So seeing that department really grow, especially in the areas where we see the needs. Uh, I've been pulling walkers and wheelchairs from the stores and sending them over there. And, and then on the other hand, really seeing the, the property management department get to the next level. So in the last year, they were able to add online rent payment for some mm. of the units. And so uh, it's been exciting to see some of the improvements there. And so those are my kind of the two departments that I'm working really closely with. And and then, of course, uh, building my, my team, building mm. the director team in a more unified front is something that I'm focused on. Okay. Okay. I guess my last question for you would be this, you know, sort of your message to the community about, about St. Vinny's, whether that's, you know, the, the idea that you're looking for volunteers or just, you know, obviously support, but just, you know, as we, as we close out, what is the message from, from, from the boss's desk uh, <laughs> for the community and how it should be thinking about and embracing St. Vinny's? Yeah, I think that uh, my message would be that we are a community organization and we, we always will be and we really value the support of the community. So reach out to us. We'd be happy to provide tours if you're interested in volunteering. If if you're just getting rid of some stuff in your house and you're wondering where <laughs> to take it, trust us, we will steward it well. I think that uh, it was a 7% goes to our overhead. So we're, we're really a, a lean organization as far as trying to maximize what goes into the community. Okay, great. So keep us in mind. <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. Well, Bethany Cartledge, she is the new executive director for St. Vincent de Paul Society of Lane County. Thanks so much for coming in and talking to us. Thank you. That was our conversation with Bethany Cartledge, the new executive director of St. Vincent de Paul Society of Lane County. She's filling big shoes of the former executive who led the organization for nearly four decades, and she's taking a strategic blend of historic ideas and new ways of thinking to lead the organization into the future. This has been the Oregon Rainmakers podcast on KLCC. I'm Michael Dunn, your host. Thanks for listening.